Does your milk go bad right out of the carton? Does your meat moo even though it's long gone? Are your lentils judging you? Well, you could use my patented Fenton Ghost Peeler. Don't be like this guy. Ah, it's so hard to peel these vegetables. I keep on ending up cutting my thumbs. Additionally, somebody moved all of them around the kitchen into unfamiliar locations and also drank all of my tequila. I think I might be haunted. Ha <laughs> ha! Well, the Fenton Peeler does it all. It slices. It dices. It can condemn sentient creatures from another dimension to a lifetime of horrible torture. And it can be yours for only $19.99. Listen to this poor fellow who needed a good peeling. Wait, what? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> you're, you're, uh, testimonial. Yeah, I'm not a poor fellow if I needed a good peel. And now I'm, like, ha a satisfied customer. I don't think it really, like... You're not selling it, Zane. I don't think the words really matter. <laughs> Give me a better lead in. <laughs> Do it. I'm thinking. Listen to this poor fellow who needed to give a ghost Stop a good healing. Poor fellow. <laughs> What's wrong with it you? It makes me sound like fellow? Zane, when you say poor fellow, it makes it sound like I'm about to be like, woe is me. Yeah, well you were a poor fellow. Yeah, but if you're talking about me now, I'm a satisfied customer. Just listen to this fine fellow who needed to give a ghost a good peeling. Thanks to the Fenton Peeler, my life is on track. My my stocks are up. I, my teeth aren't falling out anymore. My only fear now is eternal oblivion. Thanks, Fenton Peeler. The Fenton Peeler, the best new ghost gadget from Fenton Industries. Catch them all. Danny Fenton, he was just 14 when his parents built a very strange machine. Was designed to view a world unseen. He's gonna catch him all the teams, Danny Fenton. When he's getting right, words, his folks, they just quit. Then Danny took a look inside. Okay. <laughs> sure. I don't mean to be a stickler about that, but I'm like, all right, he's just introduced me as, like, a poor fellow, and I'm about to be thanking him. <laughs> like, it just, like, rankled me. <laughs> yeah, they never make fun of those people on the infomercials. No, well, don't be, don't be coy. <laughs> oh, oh, for heaven's sake, anything but coy. <laughs> oh, man, that is exactly what the interior decorator in Japan said. Uh, <laughs> no? Because <laughs> they're a mark of high society, and it's kind of gauche. How is that what your mind went to? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> like koi ponds? No, I got it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so like this is this past couple weeks has been like super allergy season. Oh no. Like to the degree that I didn't even get really bad allergies last year and this is just I I went out and got Dayquil, I got Sprite, I've been drinking a bunch of tea. Sprite is like, is Sprite like an herbal medication that I'm not aware of? Oh, uh, it's a like after you've tried everything else, <laughs> <laughs> when you've hit rock bottom, when you need to drink more fluids, but you're so sick of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do tea. I don't know. <laughs> I try tea. I need to like put sugar in and then put a like, like uh, like one of those like uh, uh, one of those things where they're just liquids with super concentrated flavor liquids. Oh, like that spray stuff? Yeah, so I spray some of that in if it's the same flavor, so like a watermelon actually, tea. You like supercharge your water? 
No, I supercharged my tea because the tea isn't sweet enough even with sugar. Wait, 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 wait. What is this mysterious product you're enhancing your tea with? <laughs> it's this, like, super flavor liquid. It's But it, it's flavor liquid that's supposed to go in water, right? Yeah, I put it in tea. I've also put it in <laughs> Sprite before just to see what would happen. Um, I actually tried making tea with the Sprite, with the flavoring once, uh, heating up the Sprite. I don't recommend any of it, but I found no. the, this is <laughs> one of those things you? where the, 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 the sum of the parts is not greater than, wait, the whole, some of, oh. than each part <laughs> individually added together. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, and now, like, man. my stomach hurts because of all the DayQuil I took and all the yeah. snot I've been just imbibing. It's been man, a rough if day. I... <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I think I accidentally made myself sick with food poisoning last night. What food? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't and know. It what also it was. might not be That's food poisoning because I also have a sore throat, so it might just be the flu. Okay. But uh, I don't know what kind of food it was. I think it was just because I didn't cook it long enough. Because I don't understand how like I don't want to clean multiple pots. Okay. So I just use the one and just hope I remember when to put stuff in. Yeah, no, we, we superheat things. Yeah, so it, it could have been broccoli or potatoes or carrots. None of those seem particularly poisonous. <laughs> I don't think you understand what food poisoning is. It's when you're, somebody poisoned your food. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't bring in my squire <laughs> to, te- to test it for me. Chauncey, come it, here, come it, hither. It's worth investing in one. I know it's a lot up front, but like... Risk your life. <laughs> Risk your life for this pittance. I'm just going to tape a chalice to a Roomba, and that's that's my squire. A chalice to a... Oh, no, that's a cupbearer, man. Okay. You gotta... These are <laughs> I'm not specific... made of money here. <laughs> <laughs> these are very specific job titles. Okay. What does a squire do notwithstanding cupbearing? Uh, I think it's like, you know, how you squat, it's like an intern, and then you become like, or, or like you're an assistant intern, and then you become an intern. Yeah, intern gets the coffee. Right. In a chalice. <laughs> In an absolute chalice. <laughs> um, yeah, let's get started. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And we're the Carton Cast, and we're much more unique than the other guy. The Carton Cast. We're going toast. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, we review old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. And today we are watching Danny Phantom. Yes. This old thing. This old This old chap. <laughs> this fine fellow. This fine fellow. Uh, yep. So, uh, Zane, would you like to tell us the production history? Uh, sure. Danny Phantom ran from 2004 to 2007 on Nickelodeon. It was made by Butch Hartman and his production studio, Billionfold Studios, and it was written primarily by Steve Marmel. We're, uh, we're familiar with this aesthetic, and specifically Butch Hartman, from uh, Fairly Odd Parents, which we did quite early. Yes, he's, uh, he's got a few different cartoons, all sharing similar stylistic characteristics. Uh, he actually recently, like, he has a YouTube channel, and he recently showed concept art for a 10 years later style show. Uh, which oh. has not been confirmed, but seems to have a good bit of support. Wait, ten years later, style from what? I'm for confused. Danny Phantom. Because uh, it okay. ended ten years ago, and I think he's trying to bring it back as like, you know, what happened ten years later canonically. Hmm. 
I don't think I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you remember how Samurai Why? Jack happened? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, what, what I remember about Danny Phantom is pretty surface level. Like, I remember watching it as a kid. Um, and kind of recognizing that it must have been from the same people as Fairly Odd Parents, but I had never tried to compare them before. So a lot of what I've done this time was see how one stacks up against the other one. Did you have a similar experience? Yeah, that's going to be our primary uh, comparison. We'll also uh, it, it's drawn a lot of comparisons to things like Ghostbusters, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Spider Man. Spider Man especially is pretty apparent in in this character arc. Uh, in in a lot the main of what... character, yeah. Yeah, I found it extremely similar to Spider-Man, uh, the story, and I think that uh, the producer said that he was pretty much borrowing from that. Um, it's a superhero setting. It follows a kid whose powers are very similar to a puberty analogy, and, uh, you know, it's it, it's very it's very much uh, obvious why those two are so, how those two are so similar. And, and even the comparison goes even deeper. Like, he has that, you know, bully dash, you know, Spider-Man had Flash. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> you know a lot of little basically things. ripped right from there. Yeah, they're they're copy paste, um, and it's also like a lot of his life is kind of cliche. So we're not probably going to talk too much about his friends and family because it's just like it's the same as every other um, TV show. There are a couple, there are a couple unique points in his family and relations. Um, for the most part, I didn't find the cast all that engaging here and we'll get into that a little bit more when we get down to it um but before we get started it proper i would like to mention that i uh, did a little bit of research and have some ghost facts Ooh. that i'm going to pepper in throughout the show so if if there's ever some dead air just just throw over to me and we should be we should be we should be set ben tell me one fact about ghosts well, the concept of a spirit or a manifestation of the dead dates back to animism and ancestor worship. So you might uh, you might recognize stuff like this from like uh, uh, you know animism being the practice of uh, revering nature, yeah, or, yeah, uh, finding spirits in nature, uh, a la Five of Goes West. Yeah, the the spirit of the rock, spirit of the stream, spirit of the locker room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Spirit of the Locker Room? Was that one of them in here? Uh, no, but the Box Ghost, I, I can definitely see where that Wait, comes in. I saw him referenced multiple times. Is he popular? Oh, he's so charming. <laughs> okay. He's like, I saw the, like, the Dark Future episode, and he was like a real badass. Yeah, he's like Slimer. Oh, okay. The Slimer character. Um, speaking of, uh, there's a couple of villains in this, and I found them... So uh, one other point of comparison that I wanted to point out is uh, Kim Possible. Also yes. kind of a coming-of-age uh, maturity power fantasy. You know, it's spies instead of superheroes, but the rest of it is pretty pretty much the same. You know, balancing this dual life that Spider-Man and Dandy Phantom are known for. Um, I found the villains in this very bland compared to that. Really? I thought they were a highlight. I, well, there, I, found, I found two of them cool. One of them uh, indispensable, and then one of them was cool, and then the rest of them were pretty bad. Okay. Um, it's not, not like for the most part, nothing I haven't seen before. A lot of uh, pun combat, but it, it's definitely the focus of the show. Yeah, and for that reason, I thought that it was kind of a huge drag that the that the villains didn't strike me particularly well. Um, I think the most reason for that is because uh, they're all ghosts. <laughs> Ghosts, yeah. So we're kind of have, have kind of have powers. very one dimensional motivations. 
we're going to have to talk about how this works and how cuz we've talked about the dead and we've talked about monsters and this is sort of that in between bit. So uh-huh. the ghosts in Danny Phantom for the most part are really just monsters from another dimension which is called the ghost dimension and it's just or the phantom zone. It's just their shorthand for these monsters. They they're not necessarily dead. They don't necessarily have what you'd consider ghost powers. They're just like other other They're things. spirits. They're more spirits than ghosts. Yeah, spirits. Yeah, Although there can are be like, some, like, I died and I'm haunting places. Yeah, which are not that interesting, No, I, I'm willing to say. Um, I would like to mention that Danny Fenton gets sucked into the ghost dimension, which I think means that he gets his powers from Space Ghost. Ooh. Want to, want to fact check me on that? No, that sounds right. Did he come from the ghost dimension, or was it the ghost planet? Ghost Planet. And I know that he was broadcasting like, from the Ghost he was Planet. Like some sort of like Ghost Air Force. I don't remember exactly. Ghost Navy. Had Ghostal. Ghost as a prefix is, is pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, it's up yeah. there with Turduck. <laughs> I, I think that that is a very narrow prefix. <laughs> it's a prefix to exactly one term. Okay. Well... I mean, I guess that's not an argument. Like, I guess you still win that one. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I thought very highly of this show um, when when I first watched it back in. I'm going to go ahead and say like middle school, I think, is when it was on. Mm, maybe a little maybe, older. Maybe high school. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked it a lot back then. And I am looking back at it now, and I don't really remember what I liked about it. Like, um, I, I think it's still fine. It's still a fine show. But I'm not really enamored with it. I think the highlights are spectacle uh, and gimmickry, for the most part. I think the gimmickry is probably the strongest bit of this show. Yeah. I think that they try very hard to do some intermingling with uh, uh, with kind of like Degrassi-style morals and, and this whole mirroring superhero and teen life that Spider-Man does so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually went and watched the 2002 Spider-Man movie in preparation for this. Oh, <laughs> you you did that just because it was fun. I love that movie. Like, that's the best Spider-Man to me. Yeah. I think it's great. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, and I'll get into it when we start discussing Danny, but I think that, uh, I think that the gimmicks uh, just were not enough to kind of carry me through the show to the point to which I was pretty tired of watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at the same time, recognizing that it's like a, a fine show, like I wouldn't even put it any lower than Fairly Odd Parents. Maybe a little bit lower. I think the draw here was the spectacle of it. Um, so the animation was, in in my opinion, a highlight. I thought the music was very energetic, and the art style compared to Fairly Odd Parents had clearly advanced a bit. It was it was smooth. It did more with you know three D stuff. Well, they borrowed their uh, proportions from uh, from Kim Possible, so yes. it was very, and, and that one was more adult, well, you know, maturity themed than just. Uh, so, Fairly Odd Parents was more. Let's have a magical adventure. Danny Phantom is more like, how, what is my what is happening to my ghost body? It's a little angsty. It's it's extremely angsty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I and and I think what we'll find is those technical improvements over fairly odd parents uh doesn't make up for the fact that the show doesn't really find its tone particularly well and that the supporting cast is just not not that engaging it it flirts with finding its tone uh 
How, just, what would you say the genre is? Uh, uh, um, Comedy? Nope. No. Teen <laughs> drama? Not quite. Action? It, I, I, think, I think it's closest to teen drama. Yeah. It, I think the, that's what the they Kim are trying sense. to do. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have anything else in preamble. Do you want to head into characters? Sure. Um, or, or maybe just, no, we got to do a plot. I mean, the plot is, uh, yo, Danny Phantom. Danny Phantom. <laughs> Jeez, do, maybe we should just start with that. Butch, you don't know how to write a Ooh. theme song. <laughs> Good God, what did you do? <laughs> what happened to you, man? So, uh, this, this theme song was, let me he just uh, pull this up. It was written by Hartman and Guy Moon, who did the theme songs for Fairly Odd Parents, uh, Billy and Mandy, Cow and Chicken, Johnny Bravo, and a bunch of others. So, like, musically pretty catchy. Uh, it's actually based on uh, The Invisible Man, the the song by Queen, uh, which oh. also feels similar to the Ghostbusters theme, if you go back Interesting. and if you want to plug that in. Uh, maybe it'll be our outro. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on if we come up with other references. We'll see. Yeah. Audience, that's how it <laughs> I, works, I, if we come yeah. up with a better one. Uh, li- listener, if uh, I, I wait for the end of the episode, and if one, if a reference to something musical hasn't happened, I will make one. Yes, <laughs> and that's what we'll head out on. Because um, otherwise, it, it'll be like bulk and skull remixes. But in terms of the lyrics to this intro song, it it is telling you exactly what happened. I thought there was an intro episode. There is not. No, and that that's a relief. I don't think I needed one. They they tell me what the intro is every time. And in fact, they do a retrospective at one point. They go back and, like, they... Uh, some ghost who grants wishes, grants the wish uh, that uh, um, uh, Sam and Danny had never met. And so we see her have to convince him to redo the experiment that gave him ghost powers again. Yeah. Which is neat. Yeah, no, I like... Like, the way that they fight villains is usually varied enough it's not just like super power up Ooh, i i kind of disagree there's some some thinking about it i think that most of it is super power up uh no i i I think we're gonna camp out on villains for a while so uh, yeah let's let's, come back let's leave that for a little bit i want to talk about this theme song before we go any farther (laughs) because this is ooh, it's real bad um (laughs) It's weird how the things that were really good about this when we were kids is now really bad about it. Well, okay, let's let's throw the mind back to some other like song theme songs that are kind of similar. Okay. Um, specifically, uh, you know, Fairly Odd Parents has that kind of like vaudevillian, you know, putting on a show sort of presentation aspect to it, and in, in an effort to make this a little bit more mature and appeal to a slightly older demographic. They brought in the guy from Monster Rancher to sing it. <laughs> uh, and yes. and it just, it does not work. And I don't know why. It's, it's weird. Is it because it feels forced or does it, is it, it feels like 50 year old white guy is writing a rap. Because that's what it is. It definitely feels forced. I think it, like I can't imagine anything else now. I want to be able to imagine something else. But I've heard it so many times. Um, you know, it's got that it's got that hook, the na 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 that they continue yeah. on through a lot of the like action scenes. Yeah, that leitmotif is is pretty recycled in this show. It, it keeps things moving, you know, it's got that it's got that groove to it. It's okay. Um, the lyrics, you know, uh, give or take. I think I, that the the visuals of the intro 
and the the you know the baseline and electric guitar do it for me enough that I didn't mind it too much. It, it sort of reminded me of uh, the reboot thing where um, we get a like too overly optimistic depiction of our protagonist that doesn't kind of match. Oh, he's so much cooler. He's like the Danny Phantom he wishes he was. Yeah, and he's here to fight for me and you. Like, is that what he's doing? He usually, like, fights to fix his own mistake. That's what it seems like. he's a teenager <laughs> and he makes a bunch of them. Like, on its on his face, he is, like, a good protagonist, moral, that sort of thing. But I didn't really get that much depth to him. Uh-huh. Not not in the way I did to Tobey Maguire. <laughs> um, Tobey Maguire? Yeah, definitely. And he kind of has to carry the show on his own. Let's talk about Danny. Yeah, so Danny is voiced by David Kaufman, who we saw as Marty McFly in the animated Back to the Future series. <laughs> I mean, a, a step up, certainly. Uh, but he was also Dexter Douglas on Freakazoid, so this is Ooh, like... Ooh, I love Dexter Douglas. Yeah. He was my favorite. And so we have this sort of like... That's another kind of vaudeville intro song, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. Here comes Dexter Douglas, a nerd computer ace. Yeah, yeah, so he has this voice that's sort of like perpetually in this awkward preteen and it works because like this danny is trying to be more of like a tough guy oh man the best whenever he says he's going ghost his voice cracks that i'm is going so ghost good. that's so smart <laughs> did you see uh my friend recently told me about this um youtube channel jello apocalypse never heard of it uh he does a, a few things like welcome to youtube welcome to facebook that's like his main series that people know him from where he just like lampshades how that works Oh, like a uh, like a real movies yeah. kind of thing, like uh, like if movies were honest. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Or honest movie trailers. That's what it was, right? Honest trailers. Um, yeah. But he also has. So this is basically, and he did one about Danny Phantom, and, and he says Danny always says his signature catchphrase, and then you, like this crudely drawn Danny says, uh, "Guess I'll die." <laughs> <laughs> which is literally what it means yeah i mean so yeah because danny like the accident made him half dead <laughs> half ghost which is not dead in this continuity but it, it no. does raise a lot of questions i would say like ghost means something weird like it was put show. into his dna what what does that mean <laughs> you know ghost is ghost is just a power source in this show remember <laughs> yeah it's it like a pokemon so type removed from actual oh shit it death. is a pokemon type never mind Take, modulate my surprise down a little bit. What? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it's basically Pokemon typing. Um, yeah, it, it seems like it seems that way. I I just don't understand, like why go? I mean, I guess they started with like a with a more of a villain of the week. So the, so the, originally they started with a more villain of the week format where like it was a bunch of things haunting stuff in Danny's life. Well, well. So uh, according to Butch Hartman, the original idea for the show, uh, Danny Phantom and the Spectre Detectors, uh, was more of a <laughs> more of a Scooby Doo type thing, um, and then yeah. he, uh, you know chasing down ghosts. But then once they hit on the idea of like giving one of them powers, it uh, it, it took on in a, in a new direction. You know what? Uh, you know what is actually a very good depiction of that exact idea of like hunting down ghosts is um, is a uh, Reaper. I don't know Reaper. It was really good. Uh, I think it might have been a Hulu original where uh, the devil uh comes to collect his uh th- this this one guy said okay you can have my firstborn son if you cure me of this disease and uh. You know, he thinks he's impotent, so it's a basically an empty promise. Mm-hmm. And the devil comes back and 
reveals that he like switched the medical record so <laughs> in order to create this kid and now the kid is indebted to him to be like a bounty hunter for hell Ooh! but he and his friends in the meantime are all like slacker like 20 something year olds working at a home depot that's so, what like, this show is supposed to be right that's what this show is supposed to be that's the 10 years later we're gonna get i was saying i you if you are interested in that concept at all you gotta watch reaper it sounds good Reaper's quite good in the first season, and the character of the devil is very funny. I always love a good devil. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not quite a devil Flanders. <laughs> yeah. Here, we don't get any sort of, like, uh, uh, evil embodiment of the ghost dimension. It's just he's imbued with these powers, and he has to deal with all the cronies that come through. Yeah, and, and that doesn't make a particularly interesting protagonist. Like, uh, Fairly Odd Parents had Timmy as a protagonist, and... You know, Timmy was only interesting because of the hyperactivity of childhood and how it forces him to act, like, in his adventures with a measure of prudence. Yeah, yeah, he had those limitations. He had the limitations, but he also, like, learned when not to do a thing or when to do a thing more clever or, like, what he did that was wrong. So um, I, I, I Danny think... does not have the enthusiasm, so it's less of a story of like exploration. No, I think I think Danny grows quite well. I just don't think he's excited about it. He's not. He's like, not he's, excited about like it. Like it's a lesson in the same way that math class is a lesson, and he's like a C student. He's a he's very C. That's a great way to put Dan. Danny is very C student. <laughs> he's like not very good at anything. Yeah, like including hunting, including being like a ghost. Protector. This is another point where he loses out pathos to Spider-Man in that we never see him before the ghost incident. So we don't get I, a chance to see how much of a loser he is without it. I, well, we do see him without ghost powers because the, the ghost power is binary. Right. It's he on has, or he off. He has modes. That's right? true. But I, I do agree that we lose a lot by not seeing that progression. And I want to talk a little bit about the first scene in the 2002 Spider-Man. <laughs> okay. Because I think it's like a really good like foundation to show why we love that character and why i don't know anything about danny phantom all right scene opens video shows the Who wrestling hall you sure you want to know <laughs> bonesaw walks down surrounded by beautiful women the crowd hears his name <laughs> bonesaw is ready he declares <laughs> he stares to his wife i'm gonna need you for three minutes of playtime <laughs> what when you're like this bone saw. <laughs> um, I need to get away. You're going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. Hey, freak show. Stop calling me freak show. I would, man, I got to see bone saw on more things. <laughs> I don't need, I'll, I'll take anything. <laughs> I'll take anything for my fix. But okay, the first scene in Spider-Man happens like this. He is chasing the bus. The bus driver, everybody there laughs at him as he's chasing the bus, with the exception of Mary Jane, who we're not going to talk about. He eventually gets onto the bus. <laughs> That's just like your standard policy for any interaction. I, I just don't like the Disclaimer. very much. But uh, Toby Maguire gets onto the bus, and uh, he sees Mary Jane, locks eyes with her, smiles, and then uh, uh, somebody trips him and his glasses fall off. Perfect. And everyone laughs. It's a minute and it tells us so much about him. Yeah. He's a loser. He's a romantic. And he's very emotional. And it, this has been happening for a long time. Mm -hmm. We know so much already. We also know in the very next scene about how gigantic a nerd he is. 
he's got like that little uh, that camera, and he's nerding out about electron microscopes and spiders and stuff. We get so much out of that those first few interactions. This is someone in the same kind of age group as Danny Phantom, maybe a little bit older, but I I don't know any of Danny's interests. Yeah, he, I don't know. He's very much how the he reluctant. deals. I don't know how he deals with his bullies. I don't know what with pettiness. I don't know what drives him. He's he's a reluctant hero. Like he finally found something he's good at, and like he wants he knows like the right thing to do. He's got to stop all the ghosts that are coming through. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that's that's kind of it. You're right. He he doesn't have any external hobbies. You know, he doesn't really have a sense of community. His friends aren't like very the, nice. The devil to is him. in the like, details. This, this kid could be very to... easily radicalized by the ghosts. Yeah, it, we. Uh, the devil is in the details for this character. Like we need some 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 harsh edges to kind of like relate to him a little bit better. But all we get is kind of general teenage angst and then ghost fights. The harsh edges is that he's a bit of a jerk. Like he's he got will, a kind of a short temper. He will always at first take the like easy and like gratifying in the moment approach. Do you have an example? He'll learn his lesson at the end. So like um, <clears throat> that was a good one. <laughs> um, do you know how much of a pain it is to edit all those out yeah i do it too <laughs> <sighs> well, i'm gonna take this break to enjoy a nice little sip of water little sip of water <sighs> no i don't have an example <laughs> seriously <laughs> <laughs> just seems right oh man um, you know, like he'll use his ghost powers to like turn the tables on his bully, um, not realizing that to really win against a bully, the trick is to not fight. Yeah, or something. But you know, uh, he's also not that. Well, I'm not that interested in Danny, so I don't really want to talk about him that much. He's kind of the only character that I could focus on, except for the villains. But I, I, uh. I, I do want to talk about his powers. Sure. Uh, so he's, this is a nice example of the like first season's progression and how he grows over time. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not so much in the attitude, although you know, in bits and pieces, he becomes more of a like active hero. Like he grows into the role a little bit. Um, like not not much though. But his powers grow over time. So at first, he has like some of the most passive superhero abilities. Right, invisibility. He can phase and he can fly. Right? I mean, those are already like a trifecta lottery those are great and they are themed and they work together and he has a few episodes where like that's all he can do and he kind of has to think you're right those are like very very well themed then the challenge amps up he gets new powers he can shoot blasts of energy he can create little energy shields he can uh you know he can um eventually do like a a sonic whale yeah i I saw that one as well and uh dark danny did you see that yeah oh great Whew, that was a good episode. And he also has this little uh, ghost ability where he can like sense ghosts if they're nearby, and it 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 uh, it's like a spider sense. You can it's see very it. much like a spider sense. You can I see didn't it even as like a little connection. bit of ghost coming out of him. Yeah, like the ghost is, try- is like tugging at. It's like, like we gotta go a find lot of your friends. Nice little animation like touches when it comes to his ghost forms and abilities. Yeah, they're really interesting. So like when he flips to ghost form, like. White uh, rings surround him and like extend outward toward the poles. Yeah, it's like a it's like 
that Star Trek like transporter almost. Yeah. But like in reverse, like those rings come out and then they like go vertically to cover his whole body and it transforms him along with a costume change. Yeah. Uh, like he gets that logo in season two, that little uh-huh. DP logo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great. Um, Perfect. <laughs> Even like the front... real glad to see double penetration flying to save the day. <laughs> Even like that front flip hair that every character in Fairly Odd Parents has, it works on him because when he's flying fast, it goes backward. Mm-hmm. Like the, these little things, I think they put a lot of effort into his character model. They definitely did. Sometimes when he's flying, his uh, his feet will turn into like this ghostly little tail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, when he goes uh, invisible, it's very clear because uh, it has a different. There's no uh, invisible and intangible, you know, so depending on which one you have there, they can vaguely be referred to with the same animation detail as like you turn into an outline. Uh Uh, That doesn't happen with him is when he's intangible, he just moves through stuff and it's accompanied by like a little sound effect like that. Yeah. But uh, when he's invisible, he's just an outline uh, and they very quickly shading. They, they quickly get you to understand this shorthand yeah so that's really good um i just i just don't like him you don't like him person yeah like he didn't he didn't wear on me as much as like generator rex he's not as good as spider-man but i think i think he enjoys a happy middle and carries the show to a fair degree well that's the problem with him though he's he's only a happy middle there's there's no direction Mm -hmm. and you know that's you can talk about that being relatable and a factual representation of this age group but it's still very boring to watch um, I, I, I blame I, that more on his co-stars. Let's talk about his co-stars. I like family and friends are textbook. They're good. Uh, at, they're good voice not, actors doing standard work, and I not, don't feel the need quite to textbook. like focus on any of them. I did. I want to talk about jazz for a second. Jazz is good. Jazz is pretty good. Uh, also, I will say that uh, Jack Fenton is one of the better cartoon dads. Oh, not a fan. He's got that energy and a sort of like very narrow competence, but I don't know. I he didn't do it for me this time around. That's amazing. I, I thought he was one of the better characters in the show. Like the the selective obliviousness uh, got to me. I think it's because he was always around when other characters I didn't like were around. Oh, you didn't like the rivalry with him and Vlad Masters? I love that was the best part. Yeah, come on, <laughs> give me a break. No, I just I didn't. I didn't like Jazz at home. I didn't like Danny at home. I didn't like Maddie, you know, Jack's wife at home. Maddie is nothing. I didn't like unfortunately. Sam or Tucker. Well, we'll talk about them in a second, but let's focus on Jazz. <laughs> okay. Because I, uh, I like that she is like an overprotective female sibling. Yeah, yeah. This that, is, that is uh, not a thing you ever see. This is Judy funny, except way more active. Of Judy Funny, I actually thought was kind of a contrast to this. You know, Doug's sister. It's always very kind of dismissive of him, almost. Yeah, I mean, in the overprotective sister sense. eh, I didn't see it much overprotective. Like, she very occasionally, like, approved of what he was doing because it was moral. Mm -hmm. And, you know, more hipster than his compatriots, but only marginally. So you're saying more like a silent sidekick. Not really a sidekick, just kind of like, I don't know, a satellite sister. A confidant. Maybe. Maybe like, a confidant. Like, partway through the first season, she learns that he's Danny Phantom, because mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Anyone with two brain cells. Um, although I do like that they, like, call him Invisobill. 
That's so good. <laughs> it's like, dude, they, that would they be made a better the stupidest alias. name. It. <laughs> it's so stupid sounding. Um, but like she knows, he doesn't know that she knows, and there's a neat little dynamic every ten episodes or so. They they you know learn a new thing back and forth. That's true, but I I was more focused on the fact that it was um a gender presentation I hadn't seen before. Really. Yeah, when you hear overprotective older sibling, I generally think of an older brother. Yeah. And having it, it as an older sister just that is a nice true. little touch. That's true in like superhero or fantasy sort of genres definitely. Definitely because it's like you want to draw that parallel as clear as you can and not and having a gender divide would muddy that somewhat. This I, she's are very clearly her own person who just happens to be very protective of her younger brother. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And that was that. That was very, maybe not nuanced, but it was it was approachable and relatable and unique, and I liked it. Yeah, it it worked. Mm-hmm. And she's also got a personality of her own. She's not just that. She's also like, you know, dismissive of her parents' eccentricities and and all that. Yeah, she doesn't want to go into the family ghost hunting business. What is that? I, I don't know. Like it's it's time for another. It's time for one of my patented ghost facts. Um, <laughs> so the activity of ghost hunting actually enjoyed some popularity recently. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of like TV shows on TLC or something, right? Yeah, it, it was. Uh, there was the show Ghost Hunters that kind of kicked off this renaissance, uh, to use your terminology. That's the, that's and, how it's spelled. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, the the reason for that is because there's actually an ease of accessing high tech equipment um, these days. Mm, like to yeah. get an EMF, it's it's pretty easy now. Yeah. So you don't have to sh- shell out. It's not like um, it's not like if you wanted to be a photographer, you had to have eight thousand dollars kind of kind of deal yeah. anymore. Ghosts still don't exist, but you can get much better photographic evidence of them. Of them not existing. <laughs> of them like. Or being invisible. We, we it's hope actually that they exist. You know, the jury's out. Right. How would you know? I love that ghost hunting is claimed as pseudoscience. It's like not even pseudoscience. No, it like it cheapens the word pseudoscience. Like pseudoscience like, is at least related to the natural world by definition. Every time pseudoscience has to go to a family convention and ghost hunting shows up, he's always like, "Oh, you are talk to me. paranormal investigations, sir." Yeah. QX no. Files music. Yeah. Send Dib next time. He's the he's the representative you want. Yeah. None of this Jack Fenton shit. <laughs> there's Franken-Chokies and there's Franken-Steins. No Do you want to be a Stein or a Chokey? <laughs> I don't like either of my options. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Sam the, and Tucker? Meh, they're, you know, teammates. Right? They I, I feel like they had a, I feel like the creators had a lot riding on them, though. Forced friendship, forced romance, forced characters. I, I thought that Tucker was at least affable, though. Ooh, Tucker. Uh, I don't. I don't know, Ben. He he seemed to be like super low ego, always like making fun of other people to make himself feel better. Oh, he is a cheap joke. There's no question about it. But he is not Sam. Yeah. Like Sam, I had the bigger problem with because she's just such. Remember all the problems you had with Daria? Mm-hmm. It's it's right here. Here it is. I didn't think she was as bad as Daria. But now uh, I thought she was worse than Daria because on top of being Daria, she also has a smug superiority about her. <laughs> I I was okay with it more often because I saw it like 
like her care for her friends and her activeness in the sort of ghost hunting. Like I saw that break through and crunch her demeanor. Like it was very clear that being goth was just like a phase for her. Yeah, it really was. And that made it okay. Like everyone was in on the joke. I guess so. Maybe maybe that's something. Maybe there's something. She to still it. didn't have much character other than that, which is probably why she became a goth in the first place. But oh come on, Zane, are, are you telling me that crushing on the hero is not a character trait? <laughs> like it's not an interesting and developable character trait. It's 2004. I need more than that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want that to happen. I I like the uh, the uh, the Veronica to her uh, Betty. Uh, Eddie. Yeah. Betty. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie and Veronica? For yeah, short for Edward. Edward. What? <laughs> yeah, Ar- Archie was kind of going through a self-discovery phase trying to figure out who we liked and it turned out he was bisexual. He liked both Eddie and Veronica. So, do you not know this? So the villains. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. curious why you thought I would jump on that joke like understand any part of it. Are you kidding? Why 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 wouldn't you? <laughs> um so I, I thought the villains were... Do you were, know anything about Archie? I know that, like... What, he got shot recently? He got shot? Yeah, like... His friend became a senator, and some guy tried to assassinate the senator because he was gay, and then right. Archie took right, a bullet Google. for him, and then what that was the end of the Google? comics. Oh, wow. Was I right? Archie gets shot. <laughs> Weird, it's right? really emotional. It's an amazing moment. Archie dies saving gay best friend in life with Archie. Uh, spoilers, our, our audience. I already said it. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> is it graphic? That image is so bad. <laughs> oh, man. It's so great. It's Archie, and he's, like, surrounded by this background that with, like, this explosion thing and blam, and there's a gun pointed at him, and it's firing, and his reaction is, oomph. <laughs> Man, it's weird how long that comic kept going, even though they didn't advance anything from the fifties. No way, Archie gets gets uh dies by uh diving in front of a bullet for his gay best friend senator. Yep, that's so cool. <laughs> I think, uh, I'm pretty sure <laughs> he is survived by his wife Veronica, his wife Betty, <laughs> and his teenage self twice over. Who lives on in two separate comic universes. And his husband, Eddie. And his husband, Eddie. <laughs> How did we get onto Archie Comics? I don't remember. <laughs> I think I was like uh, segueing into Paulina or something, but who cares? Ugh. She's okay. That voice again from Daria. <laughs> it is the voice from Daria. It's 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 uh, Susie, it's Susie from the Rugrats. It's every black woman in a cartoon. But Is she black? I think she's supposed to be black, yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. I think it's a, a specific celebrity they're trying to parody, but I just don't know the name. She's got a black dad. No, no, you're thinking of uh, Valerie. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I forgot what their <laughs> names were. You got very confused. Because, <laughs> good God, no. Yeah, no, I like Valerie. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, the villains, because Valerie Although I do have to them. say I actually kind of like Paulina as well. <laughs> just like this vapid, like straw man of a sorority girl well there's nothing to her but but she doesn't hide it but that's like, it like sam does uh there's nothing to any of them i guess so so the villains like you said uh valerie is this nice like sort of hero sort of villain 
Um, yeah. She blames. Do you remember from Batman Beyond? There was that Joker's gang, and the there was that one girl called uh, like she she didn't have a face card. She was like a newbie. She was ten. Uh huh. And so uh, they kind of had to hunt each other, but then the, during their school life, they like uh, uh, were meeting up at clubs and having yeah. a romance. Yeah, that's, that's right. a really cool dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Valerie wants revenge on the ghost boy because he he she thinks he messes up he messed up her dad's career the ghost boy the ghost boy um <laughs> i love that <laughs> but she actually has this little romance with danny at some point um and like she's an interesting character so she has this tech suit that was given to her and she like hunts ghosts but whenever danny shows up she also has to hunt him so it's it's this really neat dynamic that i think works i i don't hate it i didn't give it too much attention but it's fine mm-hmm like uh, that hunted and being hunted thing, and the fact that like it's morally ambiguous is kind of nice. Like clearly, Danny's the good guy, but also she's you know a ghost hunter, and ghosts are primarily malevolent in this universe. So it's... and she's totally justified in hating Danny. Uh, no, she's totally in ju- justified in hating Invisible. Oh, that's right. Different guy, man. <laughs> uh, I think that she is a adequate. Uh, appetizer to our main villain mm-hmm. uh which i think is clearly vlad masters <laughs> vlad masters aka vlad plasmius this this was it this to save the show for me the the vampire imagery is strong in this one it's extremely strong i believe they originally just wanted to have a vampire um hence the name plasmius you know plasma like blood mm-hmm. um but th- this is all they were able to get away with with like super over the top like he has a castle but it's like specifically in wisconsin so it's got a bunch of cheese in it (laughs) like he's specifically a packers fan like these little details that just work yeah and he and he's his quip game is strong yeah and he's unhinged so yeah maybe we should explain this small backstory bit yeah so back in college danny's parents were really into ghosts and so was vlad um that was was not a phase for them the the first time (laughs) phase the first time they opened up the ghost portal it hit vlad with like some radiation like ectoplasmic radiation which gave him powers too yeah and so um like he developed all these powers years before danny did but he got a really bad case of ghost acne and so it ruins his chances with uh with 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 maddie's mom yeah so we have this is, what a delightfully like and then petty he, and small thing for him to be upset about. And he uses powers to steal a bunch of money. So now we have a character with the means, the motive. Like it, it works really well because like all he ever needs to do, like the only thing he cares about in his life is like killing Jack, stealing Maddie, and like adopting Danny. Kind of. It. It seems like he wants to adopt Danny. Yeah. If there's this real Darth Vader kind of thing. Oh no, there's a real Green Goblin kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> this, is abs- this is just Green Goblin. Let's run down the list. Okay. He's got a public face that is extremely wealthy and well thought of mm-hmm. compared to our Spider Man, Danny, who you know, he's chased by the people that he's trying to protect on a pretty regular basis. People don't know if he's actually a good guy. His own parents think he's the bad guy. He's a hero bet with bad publicity, right? They get they get his name wrong. He is the human spider. Yep. No, I'm not going to go out. You got to say my name right. <laughs> God damn it, Peter. And uh, and it's 
he's you know he's got the advantage in experience um it's even a little bit farther along than green goblin even a little bit more effective than that relationship i think because uh vlad has had 20 years to kind of master these ghost powers it works well because they have the same powers if they ever get in a straight up fight it's like absolutely danny just loses yeah yeah he's entirely he's with other ghosts it's like okay danny is like just kind of way more powerful than the other ghosts for some reason Mm -hmm. extremely strong but here it's never been clear that he's just the underdog yeah in these in these situations where he can't win by brute force alone he either has to take the good route which is like learn a new technique or learn a new strategy or the bad route where he just like learns the power of friendship and gets deus ex machina to victory it's usually the former thankfully yeah but uh yeah i i think that vlad masters is great um that kind of like that slow revenge is is really compelling to me. <laughs> you know, like I will be I'm willing to wait my whole life to get my to get my revenge. Mm. And uh the foil to Danny is is really apparent. And um yeah, he's also voice acted very well. Yeah, real solid. Um What was his voice actor? Uh this is Martin Mull. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what else was he in? I saw that he hosted a mockumentary in the 80s called uh, The History of White People in America. That's where a he just, good name. He for just goes around anything. interviewing people and about like various important topics and like they don't know anything about them. <laughs> what do you think of Israel? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's he's got he's got a real uh He's got a real uh irony about him. Yeah. Yeah, it it sounds like it. <laughs> he's like a uh He's like a non-objectionable uh, Ali G. Yes, like a genteel <laughs> Ali G for our time. Yeah, yeah the, vo- the voicing overall, I think, was pretty good. Are, are there any other villains that you wanted to talk about that you that you particularly liked? Lobo. Oh, Johnny Thirteen. No, uh, uh, I was at, I was talking about Skulker. Oh yeah, yeah. So we have a ghost bounty hunter who's actually like this little like ectoplasmic frog guy in a huge cyber suit yeah he's pretty cool um i liked johnny 13 he's like i feel like i feel like he's from teen titans yeah this is johnny rotten i think oh okay i thought it was dude's head is a spider (laughs) oh i forgot about that guy i forgot about dude's head is a spider um no what i like about this guy is like his motivation is different like he's He's trying to get his girl yeah he's trying to get his girlfriend out of the ghost dimension yeah. The ghost dimension. The ghost dimension. The ghost ghost dimension. <laughs> I wonder if it'll get less stupid if we say it enough. <laughs> That's what they tried in the show. Because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, do you, also, the do ghost dimension, they... everyone keeps trying to get out of it. I got to imagine it's a real shithole. <laughs> well, okay. I actually wanted to talk about this plot point. Yeah. The only reason that pe- ghosts keep escaping from the ghost dimension <laughs> is that Jack invented a ghost portal and doesn't know how to turn it off. <laughs> And then, so every so often they just come out. And in order to trap them, he has to catch them in a thermos. I mean, the thermos bit is like consistent, but like, how is how is the genesis of the plot that you opened a portal to another world and don't know how to get rid of it? Okay, so what I think happened is there were a couple of real ghosts, and that's what he was hunting, and he opened this portal to just this completely other realm. Okay, so like... You're saying that those first ghosts that he was hunting were not from the ghost dimension? No, because there are a couple of, like, I died kind of things. I guess there are a couple. 
Um, the plots increasingly get sort of like grandiose. Uh, so we get some time travel and some dimensional hopping. Uh, Which I don't think was actually a bad idea. No, I, I thought, you know, the I horrible the future where you've go. turned into the villain is always a plot line I'll love. Yeah, and it's a really good one there because like they have the they have the tools to kind of um to kind of make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're able to because Danny's ghost and human self are are separable to some degree. Yeah. You know, he's got separate modes. The idea that you can rip one away from the other is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the show is generally considered to have really jumped the shark in season three and like gone down in quality, where you get things like. Vlad is running for mayor. Yeah, I saw and that episode. I, Vlad I, like, cloned Danny, but he got it wrong, so it's girl Danny. Yeah, th- this is almost like the uh, <laughs> this is almost like the third quarter um, in like writing Spider-Man comics, where like you get like the Clone Saga and and shit like that. That doesn't make any before sense. you just reboot the universe and just retell the old thing. Yeah, yeah, or or just go like increasingly esoteric and obscure directions. It's Spider-Man, but he's black now. But his brain is Doctor Octopus's. <laughs> What, what are you doing? <laughs> why, why can't he sling webs? <laughs> what was so bad about that? Look at the title. Spider-Man. <laughs> you didn't need to make it more complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's kind of a fine line, though. Like, when you're making those grandiose plots, what, how do you know where to stop? You uh-huh. know? Yeah, you always have to top yourself. A little bit. I mean, that I think that a couple of the, the kind of universe expansions were a little bit better than others so i think the introduction of valerie the ghost hunter was good mm-hmm. i think the introduction of vlad masters as a reoccurring villain was really solid yeah so like they hit it with the gimmick sometimes uh and, yeah. and they're smart enough to know which ones to keep bringing back it's just you know you can't you can't hit a thousand forever yeah and i think as far as plot lines go they're they do pretty well yeah like not not I wasn't super into all the plot lines, but I was into enough of them. Like there are some times when I'm researching for a show where I'll go through like episode titles and just click on the cool ones and then read the plot synopsis, and I'm just you know. Yeah, I think it had a real good middle, like mid season one to mid season two was a real, real strong part for me. Yeah, and when, then there's uh, a lot of yeah. like little individual episodes at the beginning and end where it's just like, this is a one off that didn't contribute to anything. And I, I don't even know why it's here. So uh, I agree with that for the most part, um, especially because like a lot those of the early villains, episodes were pretty cringy for me. Yeah, a lot of those were like I think those were the ones that had the most villain of the week nonsense. Mm-hmm. And those those were a huge problem with me because uh, if we're thinking about, you know, um, I wanted I wanted to mention like the various villains in this. I don't think are that strong, with the exception of Vlad Plasmius. Like, I like Skulker, but I don't think he's a very good villain. He's not that interesting. You know, it's it's the same way that you theme Batman villains. You know, put a thing on his head and make him do a lot of puns. I I actually was relating it back to Kim Possible villains. Mm-hmm. Because there are so much more... You can see their motivations so clearly. Like the, the big problem oh, I have with the show <laughs> is motivation of its characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know why his characters are trying to do stuff. That's why Vlad is so powerful, is because he's got a very clear motivation. And um, <laughs> if you talk, if you go back to Kim Possible, we've got Doctor Draken. He wants he he wants to show everyone he's a genius. You know, Boom. she go, she wants an easy paycheck, like and and to fight. Um, senior, senior, junior, and senior, senior, senior is you know, 
it, exorbitant like, wealth. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. And putting on airs and it's just everyone These were characters. These were yeah, these were characters and whenever we saw one we were kind of excited to see them. And you're like, kind of you kind of can't do that with the ghosts because like Dude, Monkey Fist, come on. Their world as ghosts like they kind of have to be more one-dimensional. Because they're not there until they're the villain. So when you get those human villains like Vlad or like Valerie, those are mm-hmm. the, those are the better ones. Yeah, because they have some. That's a good point. There was there was a point before the powers, where they were people with hopes and dreams. There was the powers, and now they're they're dealing with it. It's not. I showed up, and I have a cool chain that's on fire because that's what the writers wanted. It's more than that. They we see them before their powers. It's that we see them after they get their powers as people. Uh huh. Is that a yeah? Figuring you know, it s- out. We see Vlad Masters articulate through the world while he's not fighting Danny. Yeah, yeah. So many of these ghosts angle. are just like hiding behind a bush, being like, "I gotta take down that Fenton Invisobill." <laughs> I am the box ghost. I'm the box ghost. Like he's just trying to like get noticed yeah so i mean that's my that's no i think i think it's a fair assessment of them um Mm -hmm. that said i love gimmicks i think you know the idea of a pop star ghost who gains power the more people paying attention to her great yeah Uh, biker who has a shadow that causes bad luck great these are good moments for like these are good moments for comic books you know, uh, where you have a new threat that articulates in a new way mm-hmm. such that the heroes kind of have to be clever about their victory. Yeah, I yeah. just didn't think that it was all that interesting for the characters. Let's talk about the comic book aesthetic. Um, sure. Because that, that plays really into the way that this show articulates. Um, you know, there's a lot of these action shots where it, it really does read like a comic book and yeah. just these sort of like beautiful visuals that don't need to move too much. Yeah, they uh they have a lot of like kind of comic book cartoon shorthand, like a lot of biff and pow sound effects. Yeah, they bring them in. Um and I mean the the it's the same aesthetic as fairly odd parents mm-hmm. um just with kind of the proportions stretched out. Yeah. And uh, I think they look pretty good, so but we, I, I don't know what you mean tonally for a comic book aesthetic. So we've seen comic DNA like in DuckTales, where it's used for setting up jokes and moving between locations quickly. But this is in the superhero genre, so it's like the characters can switch between action poses to make things more dramatic in a way that you wouldn't like you wouldn't see happen if it were live action. Hmm. I, I actually kind of don't know what you mean. Can you go a little bit more into that? Yeah, so like if uh, if Danny like needs to phase through something that's coming at him, turn around, shoot something, the thing explodes, right? Imagine like a big boulder. Sure. Like that is four specific images, and they're not going to waste a lot of time on the parts in between because they want to make these really nice action like moments, like these little snapshots. I see. I see. Yeah. So you you have an image of him racing toward it in ghost mode, stopping and turning shooting a beam thing explodes so, so you you're saying it was paced more like a comic in that you know the the still frames are very good kind of shots yeah, like yeah. it's good it's got good shot composition 
and maybe less good like intershot uh, articulation maybe yeah. I, I don't well, know what the so, terminology you know, is you here. look at things like the backgrounds and they're more detailed than they could be in fairly odd parents um, or you look at a character as the camera rotates around them in 3d like it's only Danny that does that man it, it's I, only I noticed Danny? that as well it's just when he's going ghost it's so stylish though they're so it you know that, that bothered me they're so proud of themselves doing this <laughs> they're like look at this guy he's sleek it it almost seems like they're kind of going against what you said with the comic book aesthetic because the rest of the time they're not paying attention to the camera movement. They're just paying attention to still frames. Well, that's what makes him different. That's what makes him an interesting and dynamic character relative to everything around him. But he's not interesting and dynamic. No? No, the camera just got jacked up on steroids for a couple of seconds. Like, it doesn't impress yeah, me. Yeah, Neo's not that cool either, but bullet time, man. I mean, like, if you t- if you take away... The context of the act of bullet time itself, sure, it's still kind of cool. No, my point is is that it's less. It's less what? It's less cool. Oh, okay. When you take that away. So, like, like Danny is supposed to be this otherworldly thing, right? That's why they give him this cool treatment within it. So, it, it it's, you know, in a comic book show or in a, in a, like, a superhero comic book, you will get these shots from different angles of, like a cool thing that they're doing it just strikes me as putting all, all their eggs in the wrong fucking basket <laughs> you want you, you want know? that close-up on vlad i just don't yeah i don't want danny to be the one with all the with all the attention i think you're being too hard on danny he's doing yeah. the best he can <laughs> raising look, that loaf of flour you know it, it's not like that they always I do think that he's a bad character it's just that i didn't I wasn't sold on his actions. Like, like, uh, if we're taking the Tobey Maguire parallel, the Spider-Man parallel, mm-hmm. there's some similarities in action to action, right? There's, uh, you know, that that kind of quick, quippy nature, that kind of quick-wittedness. Um, the idea of not necessarily being more skilled or strong, but being more clever in your in your fights. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all well and good, um, but. I just didn't find Danny that engaging as a person. And I guess I'm saying the same thing many, many times now. It's not as complex. You know, he, he can he can move through things, but at the end of the day, he's got to, you know, connect some force to the opponent. And Spider-Man just has more verbs for dealing with other people, even if his vocabulary for moving around isn't as strong. I mean, not to mention the fact that that's a movie and it's kind of all about the character. Uh-huh. Whereas this <laughs> is a long show and you kind of can't... You don't want to blow your load all at once. I get it. Yeah, episodes were a bit long and like, but like, uh, I, I just wanted I wanted something things. to latch onto with Danny, like more than I'm a ghost boy hero, you know. And I just didn't get any of it. I I, I found it enough. Like they hyped me up enough with the music and the you know 3D shots and the cool costume. Like that did it enough for me. I, I just didn't get there. <laughs> I I don't know what it was. I, maybe it's just, I think we just prioritize this show in a different way. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to like the most personable moments for him for me was when he was being like just vaguely male in junior high. Oh, really? Like appreciating a, a monster truck. I, I, I don't like know. Like him and him and Tucker talking about it like a like it's a thing of beauty. He had that earnest interest and like stepping away from the veneer of irony that all kids have these days. But this is a show about a ghost boy fighting a bunch of ghost monsters, and I th- I feel like that's where he shines. 
You might be right. Maybe I was trying to put him in a Spider-Man box, and the Spider-Man box really requires that you have both of those lives. And it sounds like to me that you were appreciating him as just having just as a superhero and not as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to be fair, they're trying to make him both. They are, and I I think where it falls down is the fact that he has a weaker he he has a weak supporting such a cast weaker human side. Life. Yeah. Hmm. Um. I agree. Looking at so, other things they do to make things look cool. Uh, well, I wanna... are we are we just straight into an- animation? Yeah, I. T- I mean, I think I've said what I needed to on the others. I wanted to talk a little bit about the comedy. Yeah. So they. They're in. There's clearly the same fairly odd parents. You know, pedigree. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do it as well. It's not. No, it doesn't. For it. And I have a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because the comedy focused tools of Fairly Odd Parents kind of got imported over yeah. without a recognition of what that would change. Yeah, you're using the wrong tool for the job. Uh huh. And like it, it works for childhood spastic obsessive kind of, you know, everything is zany and our attention is shifting so rapidly and everything is fraught with wonder and excitement. Timmy yeah. is bouncing off the walls. He's weird. He's short sighted. And but that, that doesn't that doesn't mesh with anything teenagers are kind of into. Yeah, in that setting, you could have people just be casually awful to each other, and you know, you have a sound effect, and you just move on. Mm-hmm. Here, not so much. You know, it's more realistically toned because of the body proportions. Yeah, yeah, and so it's like, oh, that was mean and unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, and there's times that you can get away with that, and times you can't, and it just, I think that there was. Fewer times, I think they could thought they could get away with more absurdity in this show than they mm-hmm. put into it. Yeah, and they're just not. They're, it's just not built for comedy in the same way. And the the unique parts, the parts where it can have its own comedy, is really just the puns. And you can't build a show about puns. I think the puns were like a direct reference to Spider Man's, you know, quip nature. Uh-huh. Um, specifically for Danny. Definitely. Yeah. What one thing I do like about the humor is that the it you know it kind of tries to do this kind of biting criticism, this sort of uh, Simpsons esque holding up a mirror to pop culture and finding it wanting sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So you know in a in the first few episodes we've got Sam. Uh, she's uh, talking about how the menu doesn't host vegetarian options and that that's wrong, um, and she gets the menu changed. They go into lunch the next day, and people are serving basically what looks like AstroTurf on bread. Uh-huh. And so, like, okay, the, the joke here is against, like, vegetarians, and it's like, okay, that's kind of a cheap shot, but then they about-face and make fun of meat-eaters later in the same episode. Okay. So what I like about the, what they do with this kind of critical social humor is that the biting humor hits everyone, and it's, it's kind of indiscriminate, and I think that's the way you need to do it. Um... I, I I believe you. I didn't see too many examples of it. I just, I felt like it kind of stopped at hackneyed joke about X, like stereotype about X. Um, I won't say that it didn't do that. I, I never felt like it really got beyond those those barriers, even if even if it did flip the script later, which now, you know, it does do sometimes, you know, oh, this person fell and it was sad, but then later on in the show, this other person fell and it was funny. Sure. Uh... You know, that doesn't go very far for me. Well, yeah, I, I guess not. I mean, and I think... 
I, I think I'll, I'll even go a little bit farther they... and say that the writers for uh, Fairly Odd Parents were, were were a little bit more clever. Yes, like that whole. It was more you remember absurdist. that? You remember that? Uh, you know that? Uh, um, what was it? That one joke where like, what does your heart desire? And like it shows. Uh, it shows like uh, the mom, and she's like lounging on a chair, and then around her, it's like the apocalypse yeah, is going yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. And then it goes to the dad, and he's lounging on a chair, and the apocalypse is going on, and the only worker in it is Dinkelberg. Yeah, yeah, great joke. Like that's a very good joke, and it's very personal because you know these characters. Because I know these characters well enough to make sense of what it means. So I think maybe the problem here then is like nobody's a strong enough character to make fun of properly. That's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do. Well, they don't. Really it's also it just it just wasn't humor. the focus. No, you're right. No, like, it was it was focused on cool superhero stuff. No one's coming here for the dialogue. No one's coming here for these like. I don't know why anyone's coming here for the high school antics. I can get that better elsewhere. I really think this does best as an action show. Notably, the dialogue that does work all comes out of Vlad Masters. Yeah, because he's insane. He's so great. <laughs> what is the What is the one thing where like. It, it, the first time they meet and Danny's like holding him and he's like, listen, I'll walk out of my dad's body right now and expose us both. Um, what, what would my mom think of you then? And Vlad is just, he says like this perfect like little thing. He's like, using your opponent's weaknesses against him. I am teaching you something after all. Very well. Truce. Eventually you will join me by choice. You and your mother. But for now, your world-renowned expertise of all things ghost has defeated me until next time like just like without skipping a beat goes into happy to dejected and kind of furious yeah yeah cold fury and that's what happens when you develop a character first Mm -hmm. instead of just you know throwing some uh stereotype characteristics together yeah with with a, a generous helping of teen angst I mean, yeah, but every time you think that maybe we're undercutting how much teen angst there were, just remember that it's just a constant pressure through the entire show. Yeah. Uh, and And that we're simply not talking about it because we're just, it's just so boring to focus on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm immune to it by now. It has to be that way. You wouldn't have survived that long. Yeah. Uh, want to talk about the animation? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, so one of the big highlights in this show, I think, is their use of color, um, like especially the like luminescent color that invades anything ghost related. Um, I got super. I got super sick of it. The purple and green. The purple's fine. I I didn't like the bright ectoplasm. Yeah, it's it gives a sort of sickly, otherworldly feeling, like we saw in um, uh, Grim Adventures. It's it's too bright. That's, that's my bright. big problem with it. Like, it's like I, neon. They're going a little bit for a darker, more serious show than Fairly Odd Parents, and you can't you can't keep the you have to clean house. You know, mm-hmm. look in your crayon box, throw out everything that makes your eyes kind of hurt. Well, I think I think it worked in that if they had made it less bright, they would have had to make the darks darker, and you would have lost some definition there, because like all of the ghosts have similar color palettes. Um, you know, you get your bright green, a little bit of purple, some dark shading. But that, since that's their only similarity, and you can instantly say, like, aha, ghost, they can have just such a wide diversity of appearances. I, th- I think they use it very well, even if it's a, even if it, 
even if it's a shade too bright. I, I you know what when I when you were saying that I was like, well, it's not good that they're all uniform because that means that we don't you know, get interesting characters. But if you are going to have uninteresting characters, I guess make them all the same color motif so we know not to focus on it. Like <laughs> I, I guess that's a really good like wallpapering over of these you know kind of shitty crayon drawings that I made as a three year old. <laughs> like that's fine. No, because then the shape can differ. Like the things they are wearing, their equipment is, is very villain. different. That's all you need to know when you see those colors together, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's what they need to get across. You know, you can tell teams immediately. Right? Put put on this jersey, Skulker. Yes. Yeah, so, sorry we're, about we're the We're playing hammering. rugby. <laughs> Somebody is, like, putting up pictures or something, I think. You want to go yell at them? No, I don't actually know where they could be. Because I think they would be in a stairwell if I have my geometry correctly. I mean, if you want to go check real quick, I don't want to... That sounds like it'll be an annoying thing. Uh, all right, I'll be right back. I don't, I don't think we can do it otherwise. Yeah. I uh, okay. So, uh, I did enjoy. I, I didn't notice anything about the color. Um, that is kind of a neat touch. The thing that I did enjoy was how busy they made the things that we are meant to focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so, really stick out from the background. Uh huh. So, like, uh, for instance, uh, everything about Danny's uh, home life is all ridiculous, <laughs> you know, in a really in a really nice way. If you look at the block that his house is on, did you ever notice the way his house looks from the outside? Oh, it's got this like gigantic billboard and like monstrous construction up to the sky. There's like rockets shooting off of it. It's like the it's like the uh, Millennium Falcon of houses. Everyone just There's sort like of accepts it. Tons of weird gears all over the place. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know that there have been multiple like zoning violations that didn't get taken care of, and that everybody in town is just like you know it's like more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> Every time we have to take him to court, we have to talk to Jack Fenton. So let's just leave him alone. Yeah. So I and it just looks really cool. The inside of the house is like very sleek and kind of chrome and futuresque. Which is weird because like again, they're doing something that's specifically not science. And right. <laughs> they're doing it in a way that implies like they have a million loans going. Yeah, it it does seem like that there's way. no I, profit here. It's not even like a small business like in Ghostbusters. It's just like a hobby. What what is it? Like a, yeah, how did they get rich? They don't Maybe I don't I don't know what it is that they're that they're that they're living off of. Um, they also their car is nice and ridiculous. The Fenton RV or the Fenton. <laughs> Every, everything that they brand. Uh, the branding is brilliant. <laughs> that like they are so proud of their dumb hobby, and they want everyone to know about it. And and they're very good at creating these things. Like they have no way to test them, but everything works. Yeah, it it has it has no reason to cuz they don't actually know anything about ghosts. Um I still don't quite understand why Danny doesn't tell them that he is half ghost. Yeah, they they one of those uh kind of home life things that they don't do too well cuz they're focused more on the on the uh, on the other stuff. Yeah. You get you get the sense like they love their kids, but they don't quite have time for them. Mm. Yeah, I, I really don't know what that's about. It's it's kind of irritating. Mm. I, I would love to have a bit stronger of a reason 
that he doesn't feel like he can trust anyone. Yeah. But again, that's going back to the character. We don't need to be there. Yeah. So. That, that's just wrap that up in teen drama. Yeah, that's that's under the that's under the blanket heading. What I drama. like about having a teen drama umbrella is we can stick stuff there and then just ignore it. So we everything that we don't like, <laughs> we have a we have a scapegoat. We have an umbrella for that. Yeah. Uh, one um one blanket umbrella that I did like was the uh, title card. Oh man, this is brilliant. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you, you noticed it. So you're talking about this gold like this uh this comic book aesthetic. This is kind of. The piece de resistance. It's like a comic cover slash B movie poster. Yeah, it's um, like something out of Angry Beavers. Openings to each episode with pun titles. It's yeah. a really nice touch to like set the theme immediately. I wrote a couple of them down. Yeah, I don't know if you. No, go uh, ahead. So the, they do the title of the episode, and then like there's a little blurb that you'd see like on the box. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, the million dollar ghost worth every penny. Like. <laughs> it's danny phantom in yeah danny phantom in memory blank the episode you won't forget <laughs> you know it's like an old golden age comic book with like zero self yeah uh, everything's everything's cognizance. cranked up by a hundred percent yeah they, they, like there's no subtlety to the marketing they just shout what they are at the top of their lungs it's it's so great it's, it's pretty good mm-hmm. uh music and sound yeah let's do it Going ghost? It going ghost? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. You, you don't like that uh, catchphrase? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That one's pretty bad. My spidey sense is tingling. Yeah, like I that am is, the bat. That is the version of my spidey sense is tingling. Like he didn't think hard enough about him when he first named it. <laughs> I and... I did like how when he loses his memory, he says, "I'm going to become ghostly." Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, like I'm going ghost is literally the best thing he could have come up with. I, I guess, given that it's Danny, it's the best thing he could have come up with. I would have taken a couple more days to workshop that, (laughs) to be honest. And like, it's not like he's a public figure. Like, he could probably change it whenever he wants. He must like it. It's not patented. He thinks it's cool. (laughs) He, he must enjoy it. I guess. Um. So that's pretty good. You you mentioned that the dialogue was just not that good, and I think it's specifically the character dialogue. Uh-huh. I thought that there were some really good like one-off stupid jokes that just kind of made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for instance, when uh, when Danny is dating uh, um, one of them, Paulina, who's being overshadowed by Johnny's girlfriend or something, like doesn't really matter. But they start dating, and what what's that? What's that adult's name? That teacher mr lancer doesn't mr lancer have like this weird like verbal tick where he like cites famous literature when he as expletives yeah he he shouts uh book names yeah like like the prince and the pauper or something like that (laughs) yeah it's great that's great i I really like that that's very funny to me it's fun to do any like themed thing like you can do that i've seen online you can do that with ice creams like what the mint chocolate chip did you say to me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's cute i like that. i think everybody should have their own category yeah i i i don't know how much everybody else is going to be into ben you, you know, should do like subatomic particles i don't really want to gimmick that. myself so that i fit in your like rolodex i think i'll just be a person if it's uh, cool with you <laughs> what the pulsar what the pulsar what the pfarctal <laughs> Uh, the, a couple other quotes. Uh, 
when everybody is kind of being asked what they're going to wish for during the uh, meteor shower, mm-hmm. Dash says, extra arms to catch more footballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, during the episode where uh, Danny loses his memory and Sam has to convince him of something she gets his attention by dressing up uh as like this kind of bimbo chick mm-hmm. and paulina is looking over from the other table and she's like she surrendered her individuality for a boy i'm so proud of her <laughs> yeah th- just... there's there's gold in there yeah there's there's something you you can pan for gold in this in the show <laughs> if you if you're patient you'll get something i think i think that should become a new like <laughs> phrase what pan for gold got a pan for gold yeah it, it, this is definitely an episode. This is definitely a show where you want to pan for gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't but need to watch gold. everything. I did want to talk about the late motif. Uh, which oh the banana. Yeah, that sounds a lot like the Power Rangers jingle. Or Kim Possible, or G- Generator Rex. I don't know. It's it's just the thing that they do. I know. Um, I, yeah, yeah. So during action scenes, you get the guitar and bass doing this kind of in parallel. Um, just going into overdrive, just just really strong and angry. I, I didn't love the leitmotif, but I like that they had multiple versions of it that they cycled through because that's something that a lot of like superhero OSTs do. Like uh-huh. you see this in Spider Man and Batman and stuff. They have like the one central leitmotif, and they just kind of recycle it with different purpose. Yeah, does whatever a spider can. <laughs> well, not that one that's what you meant right <laughs> but that's it that's you know um during like walking around music there's a bass and then uh the guitar does these short motifs to tell you when things are supposed to be like sweet or goofy or you know what have you yeah very weekenders yeah yeah it, i had forgotten about like the the bass kind of when they're walking around that's pretty good it's super noticeable like this is a very low loud bass they just cranked it up yeah now that i'm thinking about it i really like those kind of like they're walking around and it's playing the bass. Mm-hmm. And like something happens, the guitar will come in with just a few notes just to kind of set how you're supposed to feel. I, it's pretty effective. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, similarly to Fairly Odd Parents, the there is a heavy use of sound effects. Um, even tiny motions warrant a sound effect. It, it's sort of in the comic book feel. Like you wouldn't see the intervening motion, so the sound effects add to that like paneling in your mind what you mean like like zorak blinks or what not quite like if somebody shifts position and it makes a sound at the same time it's sort of like just a before after like a like there's a panel with a gutter in between them hmm i I guess the sound effects more sounded like looney tune kind of stuff to me because of how inconsistent it was with the tone it just kind of stuck out yeah these were copy pasted from fairly odd parents they they were yeah, and like I said, like they they needed to be a little less zany if they really wanted to sell that. But uh, yeah, I think like it, I didn't I didn't notice this. I think in this every stuff. way, this show needed to like stake its own claim. Like yeah, maybe it, maybe take Butch Hartman off of it. Maybe <laughs> that sounds bad. It's kind of it's kind of cruel, but I, I don't know. Like it it does seem like it's borrowing a little too much from you know a little a little more Batman Beyond, a little more Spider Man, and a little less of the of the comedy stuff. Maybe. I, I I almost think that it might have done better if they focused a little bit harder on what ghosts actually are. Oh, like get into the science of it? No, not the fucking science oh, the of it. Oh, pseudoscience. My <laughs> <You> mistake. <prick. laughs> no, what I mean is like, uh, you know, these are dead people. Everybody get in here. Ben's defending pseudoscience. <laughs> no, I mean like, uh, you know, treat these villains as like 
victims. Like oh, almost yeah, maybe like yeah. a dead zone sort of situation Mutants or something like or, that. Or like uh, mutations from radiation. Like the, oh, like if it was like a phantom zone, like the ghost dimension is just like where the government sent their criminals. That's why they're all evil. That's why they're all trying to get out. That's oh, why that's they're nice all... and ridiculous, but I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it works. I just think that like you could do some really interesting things with like confronting your mortality, given that <laughs> the entire show is about you know maturing and also being a death themed superhero yeah they could have gone heavier with that theming could have because because yeah. it really is just like although like, on the other hand they probably didn't the, have the right tools for something heavy like that it's ghostly in the theming of the powers but it's it's real like like funhouse ghost yeah, yeah it's very casper yeah 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 oh. maybe maybe i just like the idea of ghosts more than i like the way they were portrayed here and i feel a little betrayed they just didn't do enough with the fact that they are ghosts like distinguish them more as ghosts there's a reason that you did it this way don't yeah, they, don't, they, don't like establish a theme and then back off from it the uh the thing that they do in reaper is uh all the people who escape from souls are only like the most powerful demons who in in that world all the people who go to hell become demons mm-hmm. with vaguely thematic powers from how they died Yes, that's all I ever want. So, like, if somebody gets struck by lightning, guess what? You got a pissed off demon with lightning powers and nothing holding him to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the yeah. the Flash does that as well. Yeah. Uh, Wild cool. Cards does that. It, it it's it's a really good like way to keep me interested and make the gimmicks feel like they, like they belong in the world. Like the gimmicks are there. You just need to you need to take one step further. Tie them to something. Tie them to something real and tangible and something that I care about intrinsically. Yeah, show me the before and after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Um, do, Dane, do you like Danny Phantom? You know, it grew on me. I think... Um, I think I kind of grew out of it. I think those earlier episodes were a little weak, but as I saw the progression over the course of several episodes... Um, I recognize that I probably found the better episodes. Um, you know, I tend to like those plot critical ones more than the random one-offs. Same here. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I didn't. I don't really want to watch more. No, me neither. I I, uh, I I understand why people hold it in like a really high regard. I did for a long time. But it's uh, you know I don't think it aged well, and I think the stuff that it doesn't do well I can find better elsewhere. And when you take all that out. You know, it could be a lot shorter. Too much to get through otherwise. Yeah, I I think that I maybe am just the wrong person for it now. Mm-hmm. I don't think it may maybe maybe part of it's not a failing on the part of the show, but like I'm just a very different. Like I'm so invested in kind of these personal struggles that I can relate to. Like yeah. I, that's why I like Spider Man. That's why Spider Man is such a successful character. And uh, taking the character away and just keeping the superhero part of it is just a little too. It's too much for me to handle. I, I can't recommend this show to somebody who doesn't already watch it. Yeah, I don't think that I can like, either. There's, like, no, I c- there's no genre thing where you're like, oh, you like horror? You'll you know check this out. It's, yeah. just, it's just halfway between everything. It does feel that way. Um, that wait, said, and like... The, those, are the, those are the halves that I kind of like, though. You know, like, the, the half that's Spider-Man, I like on the terms of Spider-Man. The half that's Fairly Odd Parents, I like on terms that are Fairly Odd Parents, but... They don't really belong in the same space. Yeah. Like, I respect the show a lot for, like, 
the visual design and and like its commitment to developing a character over the course of several seasons. Yeah, um, but it I, does have commitment. But like, I don't, I don't need to see any more of it. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I just, I just want the main character to be a little more interesting. That's all I really wanted. Yeah, I wanted a better supporting cast. That would also would have been helpful. Although I do love Mr. Lancer. Was that it? Mm-hmm. I do love him. <laughs> and Vlad Masters is a real solid villain to me. Solid villains all around. Like mm, maybe not all around. Most around. I would be interested to see if they actually do that like 10 years later thing because I think that would do a lot for, um, you know, a lot of the characterizations. Uh, I don't know. I, I've i seen that tried before and it never seems to work out the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. Like they always just seem like kids who happen to have bigger bodies, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's definitely a problem that can arise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A- anyway. That's uh, that's Danny Phantom. Uh, Zane, what are we doing next time? Well, next time we're going to catch all of the uh, economic principles of a medieval fan- low fantasy setting uh, with Spice yeah, and Wolf. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll... Uh, uh, it's a weird... One of those other, like, doesn't fit great in a lot of genres. Um, but that's it's okay. A, it's a it's a slow romance. It's a companion piece where people I mean, that's can how you, just that's learn how you about carve economics. new territory in the in, in anime is by experimenting with what's already there yeah, and I trying think, not to do something exactly the same. Yeah, I think this is a better new combination uh, than yeah. Danny Phantom was. Yeah, that that's just kind of old combinations. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, after that, Zane, I I didn't talk to you about this before, so I'm gonna cut this dialogue part out. But uh, uh, clerks, we're gonna with the with the Pokemon. Uh, oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, the Self Radio podcast. They're gonna want to do clerks. Cool. Let's do that then. Okay. So you want to say it? Sure. So uh, next time, Zane, you reached out to a podcast called what Sil- was it again? Uh, the Self Radio podcast, I believe. Yeah, and uh, so they want to come on and uh, talk about uh, the show Clerks. Yeah, the Clerks animated series, which. I don't know about you. I'm, I plan on watching all of it. Here's what I remember about the Clerks animated series: uh, is that they live in a town called Leonardo, and it's headed by one guy called whose name is Leonardo Leonardo. That is very stupid. Can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> uh, and g- could you tell us a little bit about Silk Radio? Uh, yeah. So this is a uh, Pokemon lore podcast. So rather than looking at the mechanics of the game or or the Pokemon themselves, they look at. Um, you know, sort of a like a Dark Souls perspective on it. Um, so a recent episode, they had uh, Andrew Spawn from Amusement Sparks. Um, he came on and they talked all about Cerulean City. Like, what sort of person lives in Cerulean City? And, and they discovered, oh, it's like a rich person's like gated neighborhood that happens to have a lot of crime due to, you know, gang activity. Um, just sort of like in-depth using whatever evidence they can find to make a theory about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I found it pretty interesting. And I'm yeah, I'm, to I'm into that concept. Uh, I'll I'll be delighted to talk to them about something that is like utterly devoid of anything deep. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna be a. <laughs> oh, the, I yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I might have to go rewatch Clerks just to prep. I might rewatch Clerks afterwards just to kind of palate cleanse. I might have to watch Clerks too. Mm, ooh, I'm gonna have to recommend that you don't do that. <laughs> what if I watch it backwards? That's a better chance. I'm Maybe gonna have just to watch... watch Dogma. Yeah, I'm gonna watch Dogma again. There you go. I knew we'd get there. Unabridged. Zane, are we uh, are we announcing anything? Um. Yes. So, 
about when this uh, episode comes out, we will be premiering a couple of new projects. Yeah, so... Uh... So us and Andrew Spawn of Amusement Sparks, and uh, uh, we're trying to get a few more collaborators on board, uh, we are starting a podcast network. Yeah, and I, I don't know how it will go, and I don't know how to do it, but uh, I think that it's going to be helpful to kind of get uh, exposure going a little bit better, and then also kind of bring like-minded individuals with our other podcasts to kind of come together and collaborate a little bit more closely with each other. Uh, yeah. Andrew Spahn is a really good fit for that. His podcast is really fun. Um, yeah, and, we, uh, we've, we've been having a lot of good interactions with guests of late, and we want to do it in a more structured way, in a way so that, um, you know, people with uh, uh, similar ways of doing things can be exposed to more podcasts more easily. Yeah, yeah. If you if you like uh, if you like this one, maybe maybe try something else. Maybe try something try something in the same vein. If you like uh, Final Fantasy VI, yeah, give Secret of Mana a shot. That sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And to, uh huh. And to are we saying the name? Uh, yeah, sure. I think that I I think that that's uh, I think that yeah. this is what we're gonna do. So we are are calling this. Uh, yeah, you go do it. So yeah, we we are gonna be calling our podcast network uh, FancyBat.com. Yes. So uh, that'll make more sense when you see the icon, I hope. It's a fancy bat. It's a fancy bat. bat. I uh, I like the name a lot. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 were de- we were in debates. Uh, that's the best we could do. Uh, I uh, like it, it. It at least isn't, isn't egg-themed. We took so much more, like the proportion, <laughs> the ratio of how much time we spent on that name versus this podcast's name is like in the hundred thousands. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, and... In uh, conjunction with starting this network, uh, we are starting a new podcast as well. Um, This one is not really going to be run specifically by us. It is going to be a collaboration with Andrew and with uh, various other people uh, as a way to, you know, have new people be exposed in in a very short form podcast. So it's called Empowered, and the idea is that we find a random superpower and spend a you know a few minutes talking about the logical repercussions of someone having that power. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's not a, as you described it to me, it's a tight five on a random superpower. Mm-hmm. It's not like a structured kind of research-heavy podcast type idea like this is. It's more like we all kind of toss back and forth the idea of what this power means and how it could be applied and what it means for the person who has it. And it's a really fun form of, like, short improv. I love doing it, and I think you're going to like it too. Yeah, and it's a great way to meet new people. So if you have a podcast that you like listening to that you would like us to collaborate with, uh, send them our way and we'll have them on a couple episodes of Empowered. Yeah, I mean, just recognize that, you know, uh, we get scared of people who are very well known. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think that this is like a, this is going to be a good start uh, toward getting a, a lot of people together kind of collaborating on the same thing. So if you do know anyone, send them our way and uh, we'll see if we can make something happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, until we do get the website up, the same things apply as always. Uh if you want to support us, go to our Facebook page, leave a comment there, or on our uh, website, cartoncast.com, and uh, go to ratings or review on iTunes if you want to leave one for us. Uh, if you like our show, it really helps us out. And more than anything else, just tell, tell your friends about the show. Mm-hmm. All right. So as, uh, as Danny Phantom always said, looks like we're going to go ghost. You know, the uh, the way that everything kind of has that bad pun nature about it reminds me of how one of your favorite jokes is uh, is uh, 
is like uh, is to make one of those puns without the context of the pun. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So uh, he doesn't stand a ghost of a chance. <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing about ghosts going on. Right. Uh, and and the follow up to that joke is to s- apologize for getting the delivery wrong and then saying it again. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind if I tried it one more time? He 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 didn't even see it coming. <laughs> Wait, let me let me let me try that one more time. He didn't see it coming. <laughs> so until next time, uh, we really gave this episode a run for its money. <laughs> you you want to try that one again? I think I nailed it. Actually, <laughs> first time. <laughs> One and done. I'm the invisible man. I'm the invisible, invisible, invisible man. Incredible how you can. <laughs>